0: Right, hello and welcome <coughs> to the sixth episode of the Extreme Exchange. It's been a while. I took a break, but hey, we ord did so. It's a lot of time now. Anyway, uh, these are my friends from school. This is Elliot. This is Daryl. Hello. So uh, I knew them since our secondary, and uh, we just ord so. It's been like what, two, four, six, six years. years. Wow, six years. Yeah. Okay. So um, Elliot, my dear friend, studying medicine overseas. And, uh, they are studying dentistry. So the premise right is who's Andrew Tate, And uh, I'll start by saying Andrew Tate is a controversial figure that emerged this year right? It's a this year thing uh, and his controversial opinions and takes on his on social issues are what brought him to fame. Uh, a lot of videos circulating of him in like interviews or podcasts or whatever um, circulating around social media. And this brought Mostly bad attention, I think, but, uh, and then, of course, there's good attention as well. Uh, so, before this whole audio he was uh, a professional kickboxer, right? World mm-hmm. champion. Uh, I'd say a very respectable career. <clears throat> yeah. so, three times. Three times, yeah. So, um, i to this entire podcast by saying this. Okay, as with all controversial issues, it can get very heated and go out of control quite easily. Okay, so, I'm going to frame the entire discussion like this. Andrew Tate has takes on a lot of things. Okay? He talks about a lot of issues and no one person is correct 100% of the time. Okay, do we agree on that? And no one person has a sizable following that is also completely wrong 100% of the time. Okay? So, I think the right way to go about talking about him is to analyze specific takes that he has and then see what value there is in that particular take. Okay? Just because he's wrong on one issue doesn't mean that he's wrong on all issues yeah okay and it doesn't mean his other opinions are invalid either and vice versa i also want to add that you can agree with andrew tate's views on some things without agreeing to everything that he says okay, okay. and then uh which is a common mistake like, that most people make it's like what well, you support Andrew tate ah oh, it means mm. you, you think you agree with every single thing that he said so, that's a terrible way of dealing with it yeah and finally for anyone watching. Um, there's limited time on the podcast, okay? And there's an infinite number of things that Andrew Tate has said that we could cover. So if we don't cover something that you wanted to see, then uh, yeah, too bad. You can just ask me in the comments or whatever. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, what, what do you believe about depression?
2: Do you believe depression is a real thing? I believe that feeling depressed is real. I don't believe depression as a clinical disease is real now. Really? Correct. You don't believe people can be
1: clinically depressed? I think
2: PTSD is very real. Unfortunately, I have some friends who suffer from that. Mm. I know that feeling depressed is real. I believe that the number one power you have against these things are trying to take control of your own mind and affecting your own life. I believe that it's not healthy to hand over all your power and believe that depression is an outside disease that you can't affect. I know that when I've had difficult periods in my life and also many of my friends, like I've said, suffered from PTSD and been through terrible things, I've lived a very difficult life and I know people who have, that the things that made them feel better is when they woke up and said, you know what? I'm not going to allow this to damage me anymore. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to get up and I'm going to fight this as hard as right. I can. Right, and, and by the way, on that, I agree. So we agree. Right? My favorite speech is the Rocky Balboa one. Okay, the so then we agree. The no, red no. one. No,
1: we didn't. Here's where we don't agree. <sighs> Pierce. You don't, now hang on. You, you've got to let me sure. interject when I don't agree with you, sure. right? Where I don't agree with you is that there's no such thing as clinical depression. There absolutely is. Well, It's a proven scientific medical reality. There's a different argument about have we gone a bit too soft, right? In schools and all the rest of it. Absolutely. Do I think some people moan and whine too much about their lot in life? Definitely. Are we a victimhood society? 100%. Is there such a thing as clinical depression? Absolutely. And, And my argument is that if you actually bracket everybody who's not clinically depressed, and doesn't have the genuine medical condition, then actually, if millions of people are deemed to have depression,
2: the ones who really need the help don't get it. Well, That's that, my point. Well, that can that, that I would agree with, you're right. I think it's certainly an overused term. But you
1: don't, you don't accept, there is such a thing as clinical depression.
2: No, I don't. And because, that, to me, is a damaging view. Okay, well, let me explain why. If someone comes to me and says, I'm clinically depressed, or I feel very, very sad, I would say the first thing you need to do is stop accepting the identity of a clinically depressed person. Stop accepting you have no control over this. And what you need to do is stop identifying that way and let's work together to try and fight but against it. There
1: isn't it. an eminent doctor in the world who would tell you there is no such thing as clinical depression. I think Johan, who would not tell you that I some think, people are simply beyond their I think their Johan Hari
2: wrote a book saying exactly that, my friend. He's, he's not an eminent doctor. No, but he, he's a I, journalist. I said depression wasn't real long ago and was attacked for it. Then Johan Hari g- wrote a book, which What's actually- What's it to do with Johan Hari? Because he wrote a book proving me right. Most people- Johan Hari's a journalist. Sure. And and my point is that a lot of people who are clinically depressed are suffering with something in their life. And if you fix the problem in their life, perhaps they won't feel depressed anymore. No, but, That's not a disease. You know
3: what? You go first. Yeah,
2: I'll go first. I got a lot to say.
3: Yeah, okay.
4: So... Okay, I like to start off by saying that I don't fully agree with Tate because I know I actually I have a lot of people close to me, like very close to me. I won't say who, but they suffer from depression. So I'm very aware that it is real. And someone once told me like it is so real that if they stop taking their medication, they it's if it's bad enough, it almost comes to the point that they have no control over their own actions. If they're driving, they can just drive themselves off a cliff. Because the chemical imbalance in the brain is, is is too much, and yeah, it just causes them to make decisions that are not themselves. So Andrew Tate saying that everyone who has depression can take control of their life is... I mean, it's a bunch of bullshit, because not everyone can do it. They can't simply just work on themselves, get better, and you know... Sometimes it's just a clinical illness. Where I think he's... what he's trying to report which is positive is that a lot of people I mean it, there's no solid statistic, but a lot of people claim that they're depressed but they actually can be worked on so not everyone but some people can be and that's why a lot of people emailed him saying oh they recovered but you know the example that he gave in another video was that one of someone emailed him and said I oh, am depression and he asked him to stop the meds and just go to the gym work on themselves and then get better, and they did. I don't think they actually had clinical depression, because if they did, they, they can't simply just stop taking the meds and then get better. And yes, they said they went through all the withdrawal periods, but they, I mean, because I have people close to me that have gone through this, I, I know that it's not such a simple fix. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, but like the PS guy said, in terms of people going soft and then blaming it on depression and it actually comes comes to the point that like I have some people who have friends that actually use their depression and all these like illnesses to, as part of their personality to like make themselves seem more interesting I know it sounds ridiculous but it actually is like a thing then those kind of, and they convince themselves that they are depressed and they have things to be said about that is that is what he's trying to say is bullshit and can fix and. And if you think about it, right, I mean, this is just my own brainstorming, but like, compared from last time to now, there's so many new medical like developments, discoveries that prolong health and prolong life. Standard of living has obviously gone up since like the olden days, but yet there are so many more people that are depressed. I feel like, yes, a proportion, I don't know how big, but a proportion propor- of that is real for certain things that they've gone through, but a lot of that is also not real. So he's... Him generalizing everyone is wrong, but like, towards a certain group of people, there is
3: a valid point. I do agree that, um, the, like, people claiming that they have depression when they clearly don't, just devalues the, like, it devalues the, the importance of mental health and, like, it makes the efforts of, like, all the mental health organi- awareness organizations everything seem meaningless because people just go around claiming that they have mental health illnesses when they're in reality they're just like emo like they're, they're just in a bad phase of their life or <clears throat> like for example like take OCD okay? like so many people say just because they're uh, they're perfectionists or they like things a certain way they have OCD but they don't actually realize how bad it is to, to have OCD like people who have OCD wash their hands like Twenty times a day, fifty times a day, because they cannot stand the sight, of the feeling of their hands being dirty. People with OCD will like, will literally, um, will not get out of bed if they if they, if they see things like a certain, uh, like you know different way from what they or how they liked it. And yet people go around claiming like, oh I have OCD, I can only I can only write my 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 letters a certain, a certain way and stuff like that. It it just makes like people with actual illnesses seem less. Uh, like their the struggles seem less meaningful because so many people th- other people, claim to have their diseases.
0: Okay, I think we can all acknowledge that clinical depression exists. Okay, <coughs> nobody's disputing that. Um, and I don't think, <coughs> I don't think Andrew Tate believes that either. I think he just is phrasing it wrongly. Yeah, okay, wait, let me call this out. <coughs> Okay, what I want to focus on is that there are three groups of people. The first group is the group that is actually clinically depressed. The group that requires um, like medicine to recover, actual hormone imbalances and whatnot. The second group of people is the people that are like depressed but because it's like feeling-based depressed. And then the third group are the people that are not depressed at all and are just like like branding themselves as depressed to, like like you said, like make themselves more interesting and whatnot. Okay, and so I think uh, what's worth discussing, right, is Andrew Tate's uh, view that the mindset that clinical depression doesn't exist is what brings the second group of people out of depression. As in, to tell yourself that there's no such thing as depression, that it's all in your head, and then because of that, uh, it 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 kind of like, like it's a self fulfilling prophecy, prophecy. Like like the belief gets you out of it, that kind of thing. And and yeah. So the question is is that is that kind of is, is what he's promoting?
4: Uh, valid. Uh, okay. So I think okay we already established that clinical depression is real because mm-hmm. of hormone imbalances. The, being feeling depressed is different because if I'm correct, the definition for that is like if you go two or more weeks without being able to function properly because you're sad or whatever that is considered feeling depressed, you are depressed so because in that case there is no real hormone chemical imbalance in your brain what he's saying may be more valid because you know having a strong mind believing that it's just a construct in your head and then getting yourself out of it is actually possible because it is more of a mindset and things that you're going through It's not a it's not clinical illness that you need medication for So for that second group of people, I think yes, yeah, what he's saying is correct So if he left out the part that clinical depression does problem. not exist, then
3: yeah, it would hold a lot more
4: like, like, <clears> The <throat> like, what we're
3: missing here is that depression has different levels also And just because you don't take medicine doesn't mean that it's not clinical um, mm. Like uh, Psychological intervention is still a form of therapy, which is yeah. in a way medicine that's what psychiatry, psychiatry, the field of psychiatry is. So, that just because you, you don't take um, antidepressants or stuff like that doesn't mean that your form of, de- like, that doesn't mean that your depression isn't as valid as someone who is taking antidepressants. Mm. Okay, but I guess it,
0: you, would you say that it, it's a, uh, it's more in your hands, in that sense? Like, like,
3: it's it's more, it's more controllable for yourself? I mean, I feel like, Okay, I've never want been to therapy because so I wouldn't know. But I, so from what I know is that, like, what a, what a therapy teaches you is how is methods to help you control certain things. So it's more like someone guides you to be in control of yourself. So mm-hmm. I guess yes and no.
0: Mm. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, I I I can kind of see why people would think that. The mind kind of like the like the,
3: in a way Andrew Tate is playing the role of the guide in this sense mm-hmm. but he's in a much less active formula but he's like what he's doing is also like just literally telling you how to mm-hmm. get out of your funk which is which is sort of what a therapist will do in that they will give you um, like certain like thought patterns which help you to break out the cycle of Depressive thoughts and um, self-defeating, hmm. um, yeah, thinking. Then, what do you think
0: of the the, the the thought pattern method of like assuming it doesn't exist, like just telling yourself, "I'm not depressed,"
3: and like, yeah. I feel like if it works, it works. well. Or, or ultimately, it's just like mm. if, if I it feel like opposite,
4: it's it's up to the individual to know yeah. himself because. You know if the individual goes to a therapist and tells the therapist that he's depressed and he's gone through this and that and this the therapist doesn't know what the individual is thinking as well as the individual knows himself so if the therapist ends up giving wrong advice and diagnoses him as you're depressed or you're clinically depressed then that's that can i'm pros and con because the con of i mean the, i mean that's a con that's obviously bad because yeah, placebo. Like yeah, placebo. placebo is right, and that's yeah. what that's what Andrew Tate is trying to say is bad, and you can get
0: yourself out of. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think the only drawback for me is is the Piers Morgan's point on the fact that uh, people who are actually clinically depressed uh, would just be like, what, what, like, bro. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. no, yeah. The yeah. con of that is is also what he's saying. As much as there are merits, like I just said, the con is that it's also very dangerous because it will send people who are actually clinically depressed, even further down the rabbit mode because they think there's no hope and I'm doing what Andrew Tate says but it's still mm-hmm. not working and then that can, you know, spiral into maybe something worse like I'm, I'm not
3: depressed but I still feel so sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. yeah. So, him generalizing it is very dangerous. Yeah. Mm. But I think he's saying it in such an extreme way because you know, if he said this in like nineteen eighties, it would be quite useless because most people don't fake depression back then. But because it's so prevalent now, he's saying this to to make a very strong point. And even though it overgeneralizes a lot of topics, it sends a very strong message to those you know those emo kids that are just like making it part of their personality to just stop their bullshit. And you know, so he he has to say it in a way that makes it very strong. If he says some people are, some people are not then the people who are just delving in their own sadness and melancholy are just gonna keep doing it because they're like, oh, then I'm part of the... They'll say, oh, I'm part of the group there. He's actually clinically depressed. And then his words will mean nothing. So, and yeah, he also just wants to be a very outstanding persona. persona so he says it like that. Yeah.
0: Thank you everybody so much for watching. I am uh, satisfied with this with this discussion about Andrew Tate. Uh, thank you to both of you for being here as well and i'll uh, see you in the next episode of the extreme exchange bye 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 Bye. (laughs) thank you for having us ben